Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, July 25, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, not only today, but on the docket, we have a big week coming up. There's a lot of stuff going on. So let's lead in with what's on the docket this week. First of all, we have Kabuki Theater, which means the Fed or FOMC meets on Tuesday and they culminate the meeting on Wednesday with an interest rate announcement and then a press conference by the chairman, Jerome Powell. Next up, Thursday, we're going to have the release of the GDP data, gross domestic product. It's more of a guess, but if the number is negative, that will be two negative quarters in the row. The media will have a frenzy with that information. We're in a recession. We're going into a recession. When's the recession going to be over? They have that discussion over and over and over again. They pontificate about the term recession. Let me give you a clue. It's only a recession when you lose your job. It's only a recession when you feel the pain. When your neighbor feels the pain, you might feel sorry for him, but until you feel the pain, that's when it's a recession. Other than that, you don't really give a shit. The other thing on the docket this week is a whole host or plethora of earnings announcements coming out. And there are some big ones coming this week. We got the tech cocktail, the Apples and the Facebooks or the Metas, whatever, and I believe Google, and a bunch of other names coming this week. They all have an opportunity to move the tape. So as far as the information flow this week, we have a lot on the docket. So just because today, meaning Monday, was rather quiet, we're not going to read into that for the remainder of the week. However, we will get some of that quote unquote, waiting on the Fed between Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon, but Wednesday afternoon will fire up Kabuki Theater. Now, let's turn our attention to the charts and see what's jumping off the page, see what's important, where's the unfinished business, what else is going on on the tape. The first thing I notice is the market made an attempt last week to close the gap. It missed it by choice. No accidents or coincidences. However, they're still basically eating time off the clock while above the 50 and 20 period moving average, the gap up above is now considered unfinished business. 401.44. Put that on a sticky note. The other thing that jumps off the page at me, and we alluded to this last week, is on time. So the market was basically on time leading up to Friday, and if they were going into the gap on Friday, I would have shorted the tape. I had a trade set up in my sights. I had an alert set out to go. This would be for the lazy swing trader folks, but they didn't hit the number. That changes things a little bit, and here's how, and there's a method to the madness. The reason I brought that up is because now they're beginning to eat time off the clock. Now, what happens if they just do the same thing tomorrow and part of Wednesday as they did today, maybe going up a little bit, maybe going down a little bit, but not getting very far? Well, then essentially, when you look at the big picture, they're eating time off the clock, and if they're hanging around the recent highs, they're eating time off the clock to make another push higher. At this point, do they stop at the gap, 
or do they go a lot higher? And that can certainly be decided based on the information flow this week and how the market reacts to Kabuki Theater, GDP. They could drop them like a stone and they can jam them up just the same. If they jam them up, they may stop at the gap or they may jam them right through, which would be one of the reasons they missed it last week. And then they go up into this zone 410, 411, 412 in that neighborhood, also known as getting into the breakdown box. And the breakdown box for those newcomers is simply the area that the market, rather than going up when it was eating time off the clock here in a bullish formation, it broke down and collapsed. So what the market's doing right now, at least until proven otherwise, is it's working its way back to test a former breakdown area. Markets like to do two things. Well, they like to do a lot of things, but in this case, for this example, they like to test former breakdown areas and former breakout areas where a market is coming down to test a former breakout area, which is essentially the mirror image of this breakdown area where the market is now at least making an attempt to get up to that general zone. How do you like dem apples? As you know, we are the umpire calling balls and strikes, so let's take a look at the other side. Let's take a look at the bear case. Let's say we wake up to some kind of a gap down on Tuesday or the market just falls out of bed at some point. What are those numbers? What's that area on the downside we have to watch out for? Well, what we're gonna keep our eye on is the last breakup candle in the sequence. The low is 385.39. If they start closing intraday below that area, if they start closing daily below that number, that's going to open up a different can of worms. It's going to put the market below the daily 20-period moving average and below all the moving averages for that matter, and by the way, we should note one more time, since we're talking about the bear case, regardless of whether the market has found a short-term top on Friday or will find one over the next week or so, I would write that down, put it on a sticky note. We'll come back to that later. But irregardless, the market is still in a bear market rally within a downtrend. Put that on a sticky note as well. Let's take a look at a couple of other charts from an intraday perspective. So the daily chart really wasn't telling us much. The 240 chart has a breakdown candle, so we could call this a reversal candle. Wasn't on tremendous volume, so we're not really looking at it in terms of the market reversed. We're looking at it as a breakdown candle. Those aren't necessarily always the same thing. But in addition, the market is now in the lower portion of that candle, putting in one of those bearish wedges, bearish flaggish kind of pattern. Now, whether they do this for a couple of more candles or not, or they just come down out of this particular pattern, as long as they find support above 385 and change, the number we just talked about, the last breakup candle in the sequence on this chart, you see the same candle, same low, 385.39, then it would still be a potential pullback with higher lows in a short-term uptrend in the midst of a longer-term bear market bounce in a downtrend. 
might want to rewind the tape and play that over again and then put it on a sticky note. Another thing we'll take a look at, now we're looking at a 120 chart, but we're looking at those former pivot highs. So we'll just identify them using this chart. We had one here, we had one here. Remember, the market had to work through those to get up and above them, and you can see now we're kind of in the midst. So this whole area is considered a zone where the market is coming back to run a test within that zone or multiple tests, but getting below that zone puts them down in the 387 and potentially closer to that 385 line in the sand. Right now, all they're doing is after an attempted breakout to the upside into no man's land, they've come back to keep testing that general area that they ran through last week. That's really what's going on. Doesn't mean it won't fail. Doesn't mean it will fail. It just means that's what's going on at present. If you don't know what I'm talking about with that stuff, go back and watch some of the videos from last week and it'll become crystal clear. How about inside the numbers today? We're gonna run through the commentary. I'm gonna point out a couple of things. It was a really quiet day, but there was one juicy S&P trade in here right out of the chute this morning. So we'll take a look at that, and then we'll also circle back to Stocks on the Move and check out what was in there as well. We had a happy Monday on our hands, an opportunity to sell them off further, no dice, meaning overnight, no dice for the bears at zero dark 30. We talked about this one already. We've got a big week ahead, Kabuki on Wednesday, GDP on Thursday. Let's dive into the numbers. Staying on the bull side of things, we've got 396.75. That's the early pivot. Now, price was in that general zone early in the morning, so it was the early pivot above, and she makes a run for 398.50, which is also the gateway back to the future at 400. Beyond that, real-time type of conversation. We didn't get there, so it doesn't matter. Flip them over from the bull's fumble perspective, Price stays below 396.75 on candle closes, and guess what? The door is open for a test of the zone between 395.15 and 394.20. 395.15 and 394.20. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. You'll see later in the notes, 395.20 became, or 15, whatever it was, became 395.11. That was the gap left open from Friday down to 394.20, and you can see the market spent a lot of time, both in the morning and the afternoon, in that zone, a little below it, a little above, and that was really the zone of the day, identified at zero dark 30, long before the market even opened for business. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. 8.45, couple of things to think about. First, 396.75 is the early pivot. Next, we're likely to have some waiting on the Fed leading up to Wednesday afternoon. We talked about that as well. I want to let inside the number members know that getting into the trading day, you have to have the right mindset. If the market's very quiet, you know kind of why, and therefore you don't really have to stick your neck out. If we're waiting on the Fed and they're going to be in a range-bound chop shop formation, sometimes there just isn't a trade there. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there isn't. There was one early in the day. Let's move on, see what else we have. You can pause the video, 
read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. They never did get above 396.75. They never get to 396.75 today. They came close, but they didn't get there. It's unfinished business. 929, 394 and a quarter, give or take, would represent an area the bulls should put up a fight and price should bounce off of sooner than later. I would be a buyer if they did it early. Now, the net-net is Jordan got it in the room. A lot of traders got it in the room. A lot of traders from inside the numbers got it. I got it. Many people got the trade. We were looking for 394 and a quarter. Back to the chart. You see what happened. A few minutes into the trading day, they come down to run a test, spike it by a little bit, immediately turn back around, go in the other direction, just minutes later, making a high of 396 05 from an entry at 394.20. By today's math standards, it's about roughly 18 S&P handles. Traders got pretty much whatever they wanted along the way. Nice trade. As you can see, 936 into showtime zone for the bulls to play defense. Should get a reaction back in the other direction. Could take a little bit of time for the shakeout routine. It's an important spot could go a little bit lower in the spirit of a spike. The unfinished business is at 392.60, just in case. You always have to have the just-in-caser in your back pocket. But then, of course, 395, give or take, is a good first target for an exit for traders long. Holding a trailer is a good idea. Why? Because they went up another 10 handles. How you doing? After this, they pretty much settled into a chop shop formation, they dripped lower for part of the day. They rallied into the end of the day. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. If you're interested or already trading in the S&P during the trading day, then this is valuable information that you can use to your advantage to affect positive trades. Know where your numbers are. Know where you're wrong. Know where the market turns bullish. Know where the market turns bearish know where your resistance areas are, know where your support areas are, and know the reasons why. Stocks on the move. Only two on the board today. Expect a lot more throughout the week. We had CRSP. They didn't hit their price objective. We had NEM, Newmont Mining. They did hit their price objective. We'll take a look at the chart. And as many of you already know, this was a shitburger de jour today for an intraday trade perspective. My numbers were wrong. They were doing something else. We ended up taking a loss for anybody that was in the trade from an inside the numbers perspective. It's not a catastrophe. It's a loss. It's going to happen in this business. We can't win 100% of the time. We all know that. We forget that. We get pissed off and upset, and we totally understand why. However, we move on. There's another trade around the corner, and as you've already seen in here for a long, long time, the majority of them are winners. The other side of majority is minority. We do have a minority of losers at times. It is what it is. What's going on over in Camp IWM? We can say that Friday's candle, this red candle here, is a reversal candle of sorts, but it's not really a reversal candle. It's more of a breakdown candle from where I sit. Now, can the market drop? on Kabuki Theater, GDP, earnings, all that stuff. And the answer is, of course it can. But right here today, they're simply eating time off the clock. They tried to break higher on Friday. They didn't do it. 
They closed in the bottom half of the day, if you will, bottom third of the day, which created kind of a breakdown candle scenario. But above the 50 and 20 period moving average, we're still going to say they're eating time off the clock and they have yet to really break down. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We have high, lower high, lower high, lower high. That's bearish. We have low, higher low. That's bullish from a short-term perspective. Remember, longer term, we're in a downtrend. Shorter term, we're in a bounce and a downtrend. Nothing wrong with putting in another higher low and another rip higher to get up to this breakdown area right around 190, give or take. That's really what should be going on if all else is equal. All else isn't always equal, but that is what should happen barring a failure. Where's the failure? They start getting below Friday's low. That's the first signal. Below the 50-period moving average and this breakup candle low, which is the last one in the sequence, 174.66, and the whole IWM world is changing from short-term bounce scenario to they're going to begin to open the door for the previous lows and potentially take the higher low scenario off the table. Potentially. We don't know yet, but that's the scenario on both sides of the tape. We're going to get movement this week, earnings, kabuki, and GDP. It's like a trifecta. A little bit of relative strength today, but not much. You can't make a federal case out of a market that's up four-tenths of one percent against the market that was basically flat in the S&P. It's not really relative strength just on paper. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Again, same routine, four-tenths of a percent. Looks like relative strength. On paper, it is relative strength. It's just not that much. But what are they doing? They're making a bullish, flaggish kind of thing above the 50-period moving average. What does that tell us that they're trying to do? They're trying to eat time off the clock, build energy to make another push higher, another run higher. Where would they be going? If they began to run higher, they're going to work their way towards the top portion of this breakdown candle, should coincide with around the 100-period moving average, give or take 14,493, 14,450, 14,500 and change. In that zone is certainly overhead resistance. It's also magnetic. The closer they get, or as long as they start heading in that direction, those kind of areas have a tendency to pull price in. The Q people, what do we have going here? Same routine we just discussed in the other chart. High, lower high, another lower high here, lower high here so far. We have a low, higher low stuff, So the question is, are they going to do a higher low in here somewhere, make another leg higher, or is this it, and they come back down in a collapse kind of scenario? Big week, a lot of information flow. This is going to be a wild week on paper. We'll see how it pans out. Financials, any new news here? Not really. They're doing the same thing the other markets are doing. They're trying to get themselves here into no man's land to come up and fill the gap Now, this market, we talked about it last week, this is behind, meaning it's behind on the chart the other markets. The other markets are either above their gap or they're approaching their gap. They missed it by just a little bit or on purpose, however you want to look at it. Either way, 
the financials are a little bit away from that same scenario. So if the takeaway from this chart is relative weakness on a comparative basis. Compare and contrasting, relative weakness. Put that on a sticky note, the financials are extremely slash uber important to the overall market. Smash Mouth, we're in a pullback situation. Again, big run off the lows. We talked about that before it happened, when it reversed over here, and then as it was happening, and here's that same area. And here's what we'll say about it. Now, it's hard to say exactly where it begins and where it ends, but somewhere at 235, 240, even up to 245, 247, in that neighborhood is overhead resistance, certainly into and above that 100 period moving average. The other side of that coin is they can't even get up there. They're so weak that they just collapse back down. That's the bear case. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. A lot of questions will be answered this week. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.